You are about to listen to a special investigation on sexual education and awareness among the Little Village community. As part of a partnership between Yolo Cali Arts Reach in Little Village and the Social Justice News Nexus at the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern University. We didn't really talk about that either, like how to communicate with your partner about sex. The boys in the class were kind of like not paying attention. They were like, ew, what is this? I feel like what the church is teaching young people about sex is how to avoid it. I was somebody that played with dolls and my dad would, he would like scream at me, he would hit me. People will do it whether or not you're telling them not to. Parents are very awkward when it comes to talking about sex. It was very intimidating. I never liked my sex at class. <laughs> What are schools teaching our youth? How well informed are youth? Dilemmas between cultural norms, religion, school facts, and reality. The work of community organizations, health institutions, providing resources to educate families. Acceptance of the LGBTQ community. Let's talk about consent and sexual wellness. Let's open the conversation. Back in March, we were looking for a new story to report when Melissa asked a simple question. Why was my sex ed class so trash? We wanted to get real about getting it on, so we started by looking at Chicago's sex ed curriculum, and we were surprised by what we found. The city already had a comprehensive sex ed curriculum, born out of a 2013 update. It included a bunch of the stuff Melissa and her friends felt were missing from their classes discussions of gender identity and sexual orientation, multiple forms of contraception and STI prevention, and even lessons on healthy decision-making and consent. The curriculum extended sex ed a lot, starting education in kindergarten and requiring sex ed classes every year until the 12th grade. But this wasn't at all the reality Melissa and her friends were seeing in school. Today, we are proud to present a special investigation about sexual education and awareness in Little Village as part of a partnership between Yolo Cali Arts Reach in Little Village and the Social Justice News Nexus at the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern University. My name is Chris Schultz, and I am here with the team members that participated in this reporting. Melissa Regalado, Katie Rice, Oscar Perez, and Gerardo Salgado. We will discuss some of the matters that have reached our attention and are affecting the residents of Little Village and surrounding communities. Melissa spoke with her PE instructor to try and understand why this new sex ed was missing from her courses. Sex education is important for people of all ages, especially in youth. According to Chicago Public Schools curriculum, sex ed should be taken early and students should master the lesson requirements given for each year. Yolokali and Social Justice News Nexus wonder if these requirements are actually enforced and how seriously are they taken. We sat down with sex ed teacher Timothy Hughes to hear about his views and teaching strategies. Mr. Hughes, uh, World Language High School Physical Education and Driver Education teacher. Thank you, Mr. Hughes, for accepting this interview. I would like to ask you, how do you feel about the curriculum and how would you describe it? Well, I know when I taught sex ed, we went over sexually transmitted infections, dating, physical abuse, relationships, and every single, I didn't do it this year, but in the future, even if we're not teaching health, we have to at least incorporate kind of sex ed 
into the class as juniors and seniors and sophomores too. So I think it's on the way of getting better, but now that there's new mandate because of all the sexual abuse that occurred in Chicago public schools between students and students and teachers and students, that we need to make people aware of you know, what are boundaries. Also, what are the qualifications to teach the class? Having gone through some training, usually having a health minor. In Chicago, you're not mandated to have a health minor for um, Teach Health, but I know for me, I went through training. I went through some sex ed training. Do you personally like teaching this class? Well, I don't teach her that much right now, so I, I prefer teaching driver ed personally and PE yeah. than I do health. I used to teach health, but I'm, I feel more comfortable in PE and driver ed. How do you feel students approach the topic? Um, they don't normally come talk to me about it until they get until someone gets pregnant. Then they'll mention it to me. <laughs> and, and in all my years teaching, which is 18, there's always been at least one person that's gotten pregnant. I know I, I, it's a very different time though. I feel I kind of feel bad for the younger generation because of so much access to pornography on the internet, um, what they show on television. I I think it's unfortunate because you know as a person of morality and I think it's you know also a Christian Catholic I think it's very unhealthy for a person going through learning about their sexuality in really graphic images and when I was a kid yeah maybe you saw a magazine of some naked women but now there's so much access to kids at a very early age they don't know what it's going to do to the person's brain and how it's going to affect their relationships with other with you know with real relationships Another question is like, were the classes separated by gender? And did you feel comfortable teaching the opposite sex? No, no, it was all taught with guys and girls. No, I didn't mind, but honestly, I, I think PE and health, personally, I know it's not politically correct, but I think in a lot of ways it would be a lot better if they were separate. They used to be separated by gender, and now they aren't. And I think in a lot of ways it would be better. You know, I think a lot of the females, some females are very comfortable being in the same class with boys. Some boys are very comfortable in being in the same class with girls, but I think there's a lot of girls and boys that are maybe would feel more comfortable if they were separated because they could talk more openly and freely. I, I kind of, I'm kind of old school. I, I kind of wish it was separated. I think, I think, particularly for the females, I think they'd be more comfortable sharing and opening up about things. But I know it's not going to change. But I, I, I think, I kind of like that personally. There's just some things that kids are embarrassed about. What do you think students should be asking? It's important they ask, figure out what is important to them as far as their human sexuality. Find out not to be pressured into be sexually involved, that they don't want to be sexually involved. Talk about, ask about stuff regarding morality and what's, what are their personal beliefs. Do they want to wait till they're married just because society is telling you you have to have sex, 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 sex. They have to figure out, they have to understand what's important to them because these, you know, these decisions affect them emotionally and they can affect them physically and they can affect them. They need to find out what's important to them, not just because everyone else is doing what their peers are doing it. It's important to figure out what's right for you. And also what sexual abuse is. They need to ask questions about sexual abuse. Because you know, you can have a boyfriend, if you say no, that means no. How would you incorporate LGBTQ issues in your lesson plan and have you ever incorporated them before? Um, I haven't done it because when I was, we didn't really talk about it much when I was teaching health. Uh, but I, but you know, I, I don't particularly teach it. I mean, it's very different now. When I was growing up, I mean, you wouldn't see people of the same sex maybe being intimate in the hallways, and now it is. So um, I don't particularly teach it. I, I didn't teach that when I taught sex ed. But it's important to teach that. You know, it's important to make sure people feel comfortable. Wouldn't mind teaching it. You know, 
I, I want people to understand that you know, just because you're feeling a certain way at 15 or 16 because your body's changing so much, it doesn't mean you, you, know, you might change. You might change as you get older. And I mean, everyone, everyone that goes through puberty, it's difficult, even for me. I mean, you're having questions about who you are, what your feelings are, what your sexuality is. You know, just uh, take time, don't freak out, and realize you might feel differently when you're 22 or 23. You don't have to make necessarily make a decision who you are right now, you know, who you identify as. And, it, you know, it's a personal thing, but talk to someone about it. And make sure you have someone you can trust and talk about so you feel comfortable about it. How would you guide a student if they were questioning their sexuality? I would probably refer them to a counselor. You know, but I would, that's usually like the best thing because I'm not an expert at it. I would imagine they have more. I would just say, I would refer them to a counselor, but I would say right now what you're feeling is what you're feeling. and. It's okay, and just remember you still have time. You don't have to necessarily, things change. But I would refer them to a professional if they really are having issues, because I'm not a professional counselor. Do you ever have control over the curriculum? And like, what do you think should be added? Um, yeah, I think, I think they do. I think you have some choices. You have some choices over what, some choices over what, you, what you can cover, yeah, absolutely. It's usually, you know, they usually want to teach you about relationship. I remember when I taught, we always went over birthing cycle, you know, pregnancy, uh, also relationships. Because you only have, usually you only got like five weeks. Have you ever felt proud teaching the class? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Give them, a, give them information about how to be, how to protect themselves, to be safe. Hopefully, learning about relationships, what's a healthy relationship. Yeah, I would say. Well, I just, you know, recently someone came up to me, told me they were pregnant. So of course I was, I wasn't disappointed. I was bummed out because I know it's going to be very challenging. I asked her why she didn't protect herself or why she didn't take precautions because this is a life-changing event at, at a very early age. What do you think the role of a parent should be when their child is taking a sex ed class? <clears throat> well, there's they're supposed to be informed. And they're supposed to sign, supposed to sign a letter stating that you know they're part of that. So and also the parents, the parents are the first. Parents need to talk to their kids, you know. But a lot of times they're very busy, so it's not comfortable. Cause I, I don't recall my parents talking to me that much about it. Last question is: Did you ever address abortion in class, and do you feel comfortable? Um, do I feel comfortable? You know, I have talked about it before. You know, my but my views have changed a lot as I've gotten older. I've gotten more conservative about that sort of subject. Um, we would talk. I think we've talked about it before, cause that's like sort of kind of a kind of a cliche question should abortion be illegal but it's you know it's a it's definitely a it's become very important now in the last couple of months you know all these abortion changes law changes but i respect people's views and you know some people's views because of their religion don't believe in it and that's okay too thank you mr hughes for this interview hello everybody my name is oscar i'm katie we're going to be delving into uh, the importance of consent in sexual education. Yeah, let's start off by asking, what's consent? Technically, consent uh, legally entails determining when a person is, uh, you know, capable of making the choice to consent to sexual contact. Without it, you would uh, be pretty much committing a crime. It would be sexual assault if you were not to, you know, res first receive permission to proceed with any sexual actions. What about outside of the legal realm? Well, outside of the legal realm, you can definitely 
give consent as well. But something that's very important is that you're affirmative with your answer and that there's no chance you're second guessing yourself. It's very important that you or your partner or whoever it is in this case is 100% certain in their answer because it can be difficult to kind of decipher what, what it is you mean if you're stuttering or nervous or whatnot. So consent should be a part of every healthy relationship, and it can be given or revoked at any time. I saw a graphic from Planned Parenthood that explained consent using the acronym FRIES. Consent should be freely given, reversible, informed, enthusiastic, and specific. So why is consent important? Well, consent's important because not only does it function as a healthy portion of a relationship, but it also is a... um, It's a gateway to healthy communication between partners. Yeah, certainly. And it doesn't need to be sexual either. You can consent asking somebody for a hug, asking someone for a kiss, a high five, whatever. Just make sure that whoever you're touching is completely comfortable with you touching them. You can also get into legal trouble if you don't do so. And it's also just important to communicate with your friends or your partners or whoever about what they're comfortable with. So what are some examples of asking for consent? Well, you can ask them up front, something like, uh, may I hold your hand or is it okay if I hug you? Uh, something as simple as that can be uh, an example of asking for consent. When asking for consent, of course, you have to be certain that they're firm with their answer. If you see any um, signs of like whether they look nervous or they be, maybe they stutter or whatnot, anything that may indicate that they are hesitant when answering uh, can easily be misinterpreted as like uh, it's still meaning approval that you can go on ahead and uh, continue with whatever it is you're doing. And consent can be revocable too, and people can change their minds. Just because someone's okay with something one time doesn't mean they're always going to be okay with that action. Most certainly. Even when, uh, even when you're in a relationship with said person, you must always ask for consent, no matter what. Clear and informative consent. So I noticed you had some clips that you want to play on the topic. Certainly. Um, we spoke with some students in our local area here in Little Village, and we asked them on their own personal opinions and uh, beliefs um, regarding sexual education, but more specifically consent. Uh, this is a student by the name of Antonio. When asked about what was so important about sexual education. I think it's very important. It's a very delicate topic for many people. And I think teens have to know this topic because... I mean, it's what we all have, like, questions, and it's important to know what to do, what to not to do, how do people feel about sex ed, you know? So, Oscar, where is Antonio from? Is he part of an organization? He's actually in an organization called BAM, Becoming a Man, where they focus on issues that young men may be facing. You know, they help build on on their sexual education where they learn how to respect not only each other but women as well and they learn boundaries and much more as a matter of fact i'm going into detail antonio explains to us what it is exactly that they're taught they teach us how to be like gentlemen they treat us like they tell us how to treat women respect women uh like ask for consent and that stuff well i learned about many things, about that you you know, there's a lot of types of uh, like HIV, like um, many diseases that could be passed through to doing having sexual relationships. Also, we talked about consent and that the the perfect. A uh, way to not to abstain is abstain abstinence of not doing sex, you know. Um, 
many of the people there felt uncomfortable, and then but at the end, the the teacher there told us not to be like scared because it's a topic that affects us and we should know about you know. So I noticed that Antonio mentioned learning how to respect women. Is there an equivalent of BAM for female students? Yes, there is. There's actually a program called Working on Womenhood. They're also as um, well-known as BAM. They are offered in all of CPS schools, and um, something that they also learn as well is how to you know, maintain a healthy relationship, something that Antonio briefly uh, covers for us just now. Yeah, they, they told us like to be respect, respectful to one each other, like as, as a man, respect the woman, as a woman, respect the man, respect our ideas. And here Antonio talks a little bit about wanting a female perspective in the classes, correct? Yeah, certainly, because I know this, that when I interviewed him, he let me know that as a, having a male instructor exclusively for his school, there was um, definitely some boundaries there that female students may have set between themselves and the instructor, but more importantly, questions that Antonio may have wanted to ask, specifically a female instructor that he believes he may have gotten more insight on. Like, from the girl's perspective, like, how do they feel about, about sex, you know? Mm-hmm. Because we don't have many girls' examples because, you know, like, BAM, it's about boys, and there's boys in the program, and... The teacher there is telling us, like, giving us advice, but we don't have, like, a girl's perspective, like, to tell us, oh, we feel like this, to maybe understand more of the topic, you know. And moreover, on the perspective of a female, Antonio made sure to mention to me that students were also not only eager to, like, share this information among each other, but perhaps maybe potentially interested in talking about sexual education with their parents, but that may also come to them as a surprise whether or not their parents take that lightly or not. Some of them may even be afraid of even bringing it up or embarrassed for some reason. No, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing, you know. I I do feel embarrassed, and I think it's uh, it's typically like everyone... Almost everyone, not everyone, but they they have, like, too much fear to ask. So it seems like BAM provides an important third space for students to learn about healthy relationships and healthy sexual relationships outside of their home and outside of school. Yes, most certainly. Again, it creates a safe space for them to not only ask, you know, questions that they may ordinarily not feel comfortable asking in front of maybe specifically male students may not feel comfortable asking a question in front of other female students or maybe even the the flip side with females around male students. And I think it's important that these third spaces that these students have here are, you know, utilized 100% because they do provide this, this safe haven for them to not only express themselves, but just to learn more about these topics that they may or may not be curious about. And something that I think is very important is that not only do they feel comfortable talking in these third spaces, but they also come forward and maybe potentially consider talking to their parents. Some students may argue that their parents may or may not understand, but I would argue that it's important to perhaps maybe give it a try. You never know. Maybe you're surprised yourself. But, uh, you know, I asked Antonio again, like, if he would consider talking to his parents, why he maybe doesn't talk to his parents. And I think it is because it creates uh, very strong relationships between, like, son 
and father or mother parents you know but many many uh teens are like they're they're not asking questions they're not like talking about uh sexual ed or orientation with their parents because they have a fear that oh she might like whip me or something oh. <laughs> So it's clearly evident that Antonio believes that there are parents out there who may not approve of, you know, talking about sexual education in their home. He's gone as far as to even give an example of fear that these students present, even getting, as he mentioned, whipped. Maybe he sarcastically laughed, but who knows what happens in these households. So one of the questions you asked him was, should parents have to consent for their children to participate in sex ed? What did Antonio have to say about that? Well, Antonio had plenty to say, but... I wanted to get perspective of perhaps another student so we can get a different opinion, perhaps, because if we just keep talking to one student, then perhaps maybe our data is going to be inconcise. So I went ahead and spoke with a female student. Her name is Amy, and she went ahead and let me know why it is that parents should or should not consent to them taking these courses. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like, no, they shouldn't give consent. They don't have to give consent. Why, why would you say that? Because they're probably thinking, oh, it's for the best, like, for my child to, like, not learn about this. I'd rather explain them, like, to, like, in my opinion, like, they think I'm just trying to protect them. But in reality, like, when what happens, like, if they're not there, like, to their situation, like, whatever goes wrong, like, they will never learn what happened or how to handle the situation. So it seems like through talking to the students, you both, or all of you, learned a little bit about sexual consent. Now, what did you learn about consent? Well, I learned a lot of things about consent. I know that um, it's important for these students to understand this uh, subject very, uh, very much because I know that they have an interest in learning. They've explained to me that they do have an interest in learning. And they go beyond that, beyond going um, beyond their sexual education course. They, they go to these... Um, these third, these third spaces here that give provide them the resources and the uh, and the space to not only openly express themselves, but you know, learn more about it, uh, the, the questions that they have, and you know, be provided with, um, be surrounded by adults and professionals who are willing to help them with this. And uh, not only did I speak with, uh, you know, just youth in school, we've asked plenty of youth around, and you know, they were pretty. They were pretty open about talking about it with us, and I was pretty happy that they were able to share that information with us. And I think we have some clips of people talking about what they learned. Let's go ahead and roll that tape. Certainly. What did you learn in your sex ed course? Um, we probably spent like two weeks talking about sex ed, and then the rest was just about drugs. During my sex ed course, we didn't really get into like how to properly, you could say, protect ourselves when it comes to like having having like sex or anything in general it was mostly like what the body parts were like for example like the girl and the guy um how it all worked like the system we learned about well obviously sex what it does um the the female body while it's going through pregnancy we watched videos on females giving birth or getting a c-section and we learned some some stds and some birth controls. Really much nothing other than you'll probably die if you have a baby. 
And it was like that exaggerated because I got so scared. The teacher was very blunt about what he was talking about. And literally that sexual education class literally lasted like two days where he just showed us like how the baby is developed. And if you had sex without protection, you'll probably get pregnant no matter what. It was very intimidating. I never liked my sex ed class. How babies come out. I remember watching this documentary about this girl giving birth in like England or something. Uh, do you think the teacher was qualified? No, because for my program, for the ROTC classes, we don't have, we don't get to have a sex ed. So they just got a bunch of UIC students to randomly do it. Yes. Yeah, she was really qualified. Uh, no, not at all. He was a middle-aged man. He was a very, not to pull out my, well, he's, he got fired already, but mm -hmm. he was a very, uh, I would say not sexist, but had favoritism with the men, like the, the guys in the classroom. And like, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't like him. Yeah, I think so. He was pretty straightforward with like the thing. What do you think you've missed? A lot. <laughs> I think all they really talked about was birth control. I didn't really learn anything about STDs or anything about porn and stuff like that. The fact that he didn't really teach us how to because they have protective sex and what to do when it comes to generally protecting themselves. We missed definitely a lot of birth control because I am very informed in birth control and while she was talking about birth control she only named like some and then I kept raising my hand and I was like what about this birth control? What about this birth control? Honestly everything. Like I still yeah, I don't know nothing like of what's like the importance of having protected sex. What are the loopholes around it? Like, mm -hmm. what are other things you could use except like the condom or etc. Et but yeah. Um, I don't know. It's been a while. So Oscar, I know you talked to students a little bit about whether or not parents should have to consent for their children to participate in sex ed. What exactly are these parents consenting to? Well, that's a great question. The parents are actually giving the schools permission to teach their children about sexual reproduction. We actually spoke with a few students regarding this subject and they had this to share with us. Oh, that's hard. No, parents shouldn't really have a say in it. It's better for their kids to be informed about it than to like not know anything about it at all. No, I don't think they should. I feel like it's like something like every child has to learn and they, they can't like you know, say, no, I don't want my child to learn about that because then that might just create, like, bigger problems for the child. I think it's important because I feel like parents are very awkward when it comes to talking about sex. They don't want their kids to know about it yet mm -hmm. or they think they're too young. But it's something that's naturally, especially for kids in high school, and if they don't want to give it to them, like, they at least ha should give the permission to go get it themselves, you know? I don't think so because maybe some parents will think the teens should not learn about it. But it actually is important for a teen to know this. Everyone should learn it. No, I don't think so, because parents are a different generation than what it is today. It's more open, and back then it was, like, super frowned upon. Even my mom's, like, upset at me, like, oh, if you have sex, like, you're going to get pregnant like your grandma and all that. I don't think so. I don't think it really has anything to do with them. Like, mind your business, you know? No, I'm joking. I know a lot of my friends, their parents didn't have, like, the talk with them. So I think them talking in school with hopefully more qualified teachers will be better. All right, Oscar. Thanks for sharing what you learned about consent. Most well, certainly. Thank you.